This is the story of a beautiful place known as the happiest place on earth. And all of its history, its secrets, and its tricks that you may find if your mind believes in design. And you allow your heart to believe in magic. Step inside and become a citizen of Disneyland. Greetings, fellow citizens of Disneyland. Bricky here with episode 72 of Disneyland for Designers, joined today by my good friend, VIP tour guide for Disneyland, none other than Philander Butler. Hear us comb over the past, the present, and the possible future of the world-famous Jungle Cruise. And then exclusively for Club 1313 members, sign up today if you'd like to get bonus content and support all the other content that I create. We've got 30 extra minutes where Philander and I go over some of the hot topics happening right now in the world of Disneyland fans. And before I get started with today's episode, I want to remind everybody that I will be doing a Club 1313 exclusive live stream from the Disney. Disneyland Resort this Friday, but you got to be a member to see where I'm going to pop up inside of one of the parks, taking everybody around for a lap available only for members. And please mark in your calendar that I will be live streaming from Oogie Boogie's Bash starting Thursday, September 9th for every Thursday, except for the week uh, at the end of September, beginning of October, when I go out to Walt Disney World to cover the 50th anniversary from all four parks, from every angle that I possibly can while I'm doing a week of Walt Disney World coverage. Friends, I'm so happy you showed up to listen to today's episode, episode 72 of Disneyland for Designers with my great friend, Philander Butler. It's the Jungle Cruise. Philander Butler, welcome back to Disneyland for Designers. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. It is fantastic to be back. It's nice for you to fit me in on your lunch break. <laughs> That's right. I am <laughs> at the park right now. I have got about 30 minutes with Bricky here before I got to run back out and make magic. Well, nobody knows that I'm here because I'm wearing my <laughs> transformable plaid vest. <laughs> Complete with sound effects, also. Well, I mean, you know, you can't transform. You know, Autobots can't come together right. without that. Oh, you have sorry. A slogan that you say when you transform, though. So, is not Autobots roll out? Is it plaid vest roll out? <laughs> <laughs> and then I just jump up on you and cruise into the backside. <laughs> So we're talking today about the Jungle Cruise. World famous. World famous. And I have a couple of different topics for you that I want to know. Nice. Uh, does this attraction, is it just me or it doesn't have a lot of like hidden things inside the actual ride itself? Like I know that the queue, which is kind of hard to take your time through because yeah. they, they really move you through up and down the different flights. And, yeah, and, they do. And the thing I always get sidetracked about on the queue is what a beautiful view you get of the attraction coming in and out of the dock, mm -hmm. a safe distance from the jokes. Like, I love that perch of being able to see it coming and going. But ignoring all the things that are buried inside the queue, is there that much like hidden secrets in the actual footprint of the attraction? No, I feel like it's all pretty much based on those little vignettes like a lot of them Mark Davis done uh, but the, the queue also never really had anything up until now this new reimagining that queue was kind of bare you know it hinted at you know oh this is kind of a rustic area where skippers kind of hung out but now there's a lot of stuff littered in there especially since they are trying to promote those new characters that are in that trap safari scene but before right like the attraction itself besides all the trees there's, there's nothing really hidden in there 
And now you've got left the fun vignettes of like um, <laughs> your your favorite monkey oh. at the gift shop. You want to start out with that? <laughs> you want to get me going right now? Dude, the monkey <laughs> the that takes monkey. your <laughs> takes your photo is so charming, and the the shutter on the camera is so like monkey pace. It's like, and then he stops for a minute, and the little dude partying on the old not like the 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 music box or the spinning around. Not a turntable back then. It was like the Epiphone, right? That's what it would be called. And he's just up there spinning around and having a good time, like. If that monkey took your photo, it would be phenomenal yeah. because I literally have the look of joy on my face when I'm staring at the biggest him. smile on your face. Oh, biggest smile. <laughs> and hey, that's the that's what you get for riding on basically the wrong side of the boat because that's true. all the newer stuff is happening over on the other. Yeah, you know, if you're like staring heavy, at the skipper, heavy right hand side. Yeah, noticed, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that's like port or starport or starburst, but I, I don't know. <laughs> starburst. Come on, I'm not a seaman. What do you What do you expect from me? I'm just one mere man. So there's not a lot of actual Mm-mm. hidden gems inside of there. Yeah, an attraction that I am riding with people that's one of the ones i'm very I, I don't spend a lot of time pointing out something that they could be looking forward to more so now i would uh because now we're looking for those characters and not to that but beforehand it was just mainly a lot of the things i talked about was just how impressive this space is that has grown and he like uh, uh mentioning to a guest like look at how how tall this bamboo is in these trees and how it's grown over you know 66 years and now jungle cruise is uh, I know a lot of people don't know. It has its own like, like, uh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Its own jungle. Like, jungle. Like there's insects. <laughs> that wasn't really the word you. Were yeah, there's. For. It's something like that. It's like its own. It starts with an E. Um, ecosystem. Yes, it has its own ecosystem. So yeah. there are bugs in there that only stay in there, and it's stuff that's been brought in from those trees that were collected and seeds that were planted. Like, wow. There's animals that stay in that space. It has grown so massive now. Oh, I didn't even think about that. There probably is mm-hmm. like wildlife yep. that can just live off of that habitat inside of it's there. It's just in there. From talking with my skipper buddies that are that work there but yeah it's got its own ecosystem of plants animals uh bugs that don't leave that space it really has turned into its own real jungle like Mm -hmm. it's been a transformative experience when you look back at the beginning of the jungle cruise to where it's at now one of the things that i love to do is put in you know a random year 67 Mm -hmm. disneyland home movie and just see what's posted and then look at people's old, like, you know, the uh, videos, pictures, the old 16 millimeter uh, stuff that people shot, or maybe it's eight millimeter that people just shot with like, you know, consumer good cameras, you know, there's no sound. So I always love the music that people <laughs> put over the top of it. Can we also take a moment to thank all those people? Oh, just my God. like, you know, casually made a home video and now we're like, this is incredible footage now. <laughs> well, there's something about the way that the park is seen through the gas versus the park itself. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like Disney is, uh, other than Imagineering story, I feel like Disney has really kind of like struggled to tell their own story, mm-hmm. which is no surprise because when you are the product, yeah. a lot of times, you know, I could tell I could right now record a beautiful bio about you that would make you cry. <laughs> Somebody goes, what do you do for a living? To me, I go, I, I, I I don't really do like like last night at Starbucks, <laughs> this this woman goes, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, I, I'm I'm off to work." She goes, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" I'm like, "I do a podcast." <laughs> and she's like, "What's lower?" She goes, "What's it about?" I'm like, "Just a bunch of bullshit." <laughs> like, <laughs> Nothing couldn't, really. Couldn't even like tell her. Couldn't even tell her. Like I don't want to get into it. <laughs> so I do understand that Disney sometimes has a hard time telling their own story. But what I love about that old um, 
archival guest footage is the Jungle Cruise is always on that that footage. Yep. And, and it really drives home that on opening day, you know, from like 55 to when do we get pirates? That's like 69? 67. 67. Yeah. So really on that first 12-year run, you know, and you, Matterhorn kind of stepped in and, and gave mm-hmm. a, an actual thrill ride. But you always see the Jungle Cruise yep. because that was the real world, uh, you know, attraction for the older guest. And you got to keep in mind, you know, everything in art, you got to look at the context in which it was created. Yes. People were not traveling and flying and zigzagging all around the globe back then. If they were, they weren't going to places like that. That's for sure. Well, <laughs> you know, Don Draper did take his kids to Disneyland. <laughs> he did. Opening years. I'm like, you know, <laughs> maybe not a good husband, but he was a good dad. <laughs> he was a good dad. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool to see. Like, I, some love. Some of us like to say that was uh, the first e-ticket. Well, the e-ticket didn't come until '59 for Matterhorn. Yeah. Is that the when subs. the e-tickets rolled out? When yeah, '59. But people will say Jungle Cruise was the first e-ticket technically because that experience was way more elaborate than anything else. Because you look at like Peter Pan's Flight, Mr. Toad, Snow White. Those were done in over in about two minutes. But you talk about this eight-minute, you know, six-minute-long jungle thing with the. Uh, you know, not necessarily audio animatronics at the time, but like the the beginning bones of that, that was by far the most elaborate experience at Disneyland in those first like four years. Yeah, those aren't auto audio animatronics, mm-hmm. that first wave. They're yeah. just more like mechanical animals. Mm-hmm. No sound coming from them. Like if sound is there, it's uh, external ones, not from the actual right. figure itself. And it has no t- tethered relationship to the, the movement. You know, it's just like, yeah, they go and up maybe and it go lines, down. Maybe it aligns with the lion's mouth opening. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, maybe it's just, it did. Just kind of happening, <laughs> but you were you were mesmerized nonetheless. But to see, that's the thing: context, right? Like, you get on a boat in in fifty five, fifty six. Mm-hmm. You go through this area that looks like no other place you've been to yep. in Southern California, and you start to in your mind think, "Oh my god!" Like this is different than the zoo because in the zoo. I'm standing on asphalt. There's a brick wall three and a half feet in front of me, mm-hmm. and I'm leaning over another three feet of, of chain, chain or whatever. Or yeah. yeah, and then the animal. There's a moat between me and the animal. Then the you know the hippos like over in a ditch, like literally riding by the boat and seeing the animal quote unquote in its natural habitat, mm-hmm. and seeing the hippos come up and come down. Over the ears, yeah. That just must have been mind blowing. Yep. I mean, absolute mind blowing. In the same way for our generation, we're like. Oh my God, I have just been taking on a Star Destroyer in the universe of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's hard for us and the life of tech that we've lived to say Jungle Cruise could have never been Rise of the Resistance, Mm -hmm. but it was for the first four years. Yeah, it was. Things like that and pirates. I like to put people in that headspace because now it's easy for people. And I cringe every time someone's like, oh, pirates is boring. And I'm like, oh, like, (laughs) those are fighting words. It's like, get out of here right now. Yeah. But to try to put people in the headspace of being there when it happened. I was yes. Like, remember when you saw something so impressive that your mind was trying to figure out the magic trick where you were absolutely befuddled by the technology on display. I talk a lot about Juan, the Barker board uh, that was outside of Tiki Room where he was out there to explain to the guests what was going on inside of the Tiki Room because no one had ever seen anything like it. And they had crowds of people just standing at this single bird outside that was the first animatronic. Not even knowing that if they went inside, yeah. they'd find a plethora <laughs> so of birds more. and totem poles <laughs> yeah. and, and flowers mm-hmm. and lots of... <laughs> yeah. I almost equate that now to uh, Spidey in the campus where people are lining up to watch this thing 
happen yeah, to see well, it run. I'll do it when they use clear rope. <laughs> That's right. How come they use the clear rope? <laughs> all fresh out. <laughs> Didn't have any. Not spotted all. And, and, a theme, and a move of theme park dominance. So like, we'll show Disney. We'll buy all that yeah, clear get, rope. Get, get all the clear rope. They don't want them to have any of that. <laughs> no, and I, I think that, you know, there are a timeline of attractions inside Disneyland that you can just look at it as the ones where, that were the major shift. Yeah. You know, and... Star Tours and Indy were like a major shift in putting mm-hmm. IP in the park. Big and, one. and each of those came at a moment when there hadn't been a lot of big moves for, for several years. Yeah. And uh, the Tiki Room, like that was an a individual ticket. Mm-hmm. And they advertise it as such. And I, I always have this like lovable image in my mind that you know for sure had to happen where, you know, professional couple that lives up in LA, mm-hmm. they bought tickets. They went down on a Sunday, and their primary objective was like, I want to go see this new show that Walt Disney put yeah. together. And they went in there, enjoyed it for what, like 15-minute runtime? Mm-hmm. Came out with their mind blown. blown. Just blown. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jungle Cruise, easy to overlook, but it hits in that same like rarefied air of attractions that were the mind-blowing uh, you know, attraction of its time. And you know, when we look at it, as the way that it was constructed and it was built, it feels emotionally so far away from Main Street. Yeah, and it the does. fact that you can hear the cap gun when you're standing by the Walt Disney apartment at the, mm-hmm. the the firehouse there, or the fact that that tree line, you know, that tree line is one of the first things that was put in to one give yep. it a chance to mature for the jungle, mm-hmm. but two to give a wind block for block them building that. Main Street. Yeah, block it. <laughs> it's amazing because when you hear that story of Walt's grandkids, I think it was Christopher, that they would wake up in the morning from spending that in the apartment. Christopher Robbins. <laughs> and they would run, they would sneak into the Jungle Cruise area and spy at people through the trees. You understand it because the the, the proximity is so close where yeah. I can tell you from behind City Hall, it's like maybe 20, 30 feet from city back of City Hall to Jungle Cruise, which is nuts. Well, I've been fortunate enough on one of those nights when the park was buzzing yes. to exit mm-hmm. on the, the western side. And they, you know, they they, they they open the gates right at the edge of like refreshment corner and mm-hmm. Holly, Jolly. Jolly there. And so you just get like, we're allowed to walk through here. <laughs> and you're like, you, you're very casually like looking around. Is this is this all right today? Or, or is this like a, one of those things where they get all the guys that have warrants and like free boat <laughs> <laughs> show up and you get a free boat and they all go to jail. It's like, hey, vlogger, come over here. I'm like, Oh, back! Wait a minute. This is what say, Ricky. Come over here and check out this new area. It's like a trap for you to. <laughs> we got him. Just like go right up into the tree, upside <laughs> yeah. down. When the rope goes around my ankle, we finally got him. But I walked in that backside area there, and I mean that truly is the backside of water. Yeah. Because you're walking right on the edge of the maintenance boats. Mm-hmm. There's no show back there whatsoever, and it just really kind of shows in your mind that footprint of Disneyland. Already in 65, they were just putting things touching yep, side by side, close. which gets into the, the other topic of Jungle Cruise is one of the biggest inside the berm attractions. Mm-hmm. I would say the only thing that might have a bigger footprint than that would be Atopia. Yeah, Atopia and the subs is probably the, because those are so entwined together, but that's, you're right, that is it that would have, if you're not counting Rivers of America, that is truly those two together have take up a massive footprint like the size of a land themselves like yeah. the, the fact that they are part of tomorrowland is uh, you know it's, it's impressive but they 
Those two removed could create its own mini land, like the size of Adventureland or Avengers Campus, without you know uh, Indy being there. I mean, I could fit Avengers that. Campus in my own backyard, <laughs> but you know, what are you going to do? Phase two. Uh, the uh, thing about Jungle Cruise, though, is like let, let's just do this for a second. Mm-hmm. I don't think this will ever happen because I think at the hundredth year anniversary, yeah. it's still there. Jungle Cruise is still there. And I think it's still there in the two hundredth if yep. the human race makes it that long. <laughs> but let's just walk through this for a minute. If they were to remove the Jungle Cruise, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they were to take that out and to do the magic trick that they do with the Haunted Mansion and Pirates where you build a building inside the berm yeah. and then you take gas on the other side of the train, mm-hmm. think about how much more space yeah. that would be, right? Yeah. But my question for you is, is there anything, Could they? is there actually room on the other side of that railroad track to build a warehouse to like house an attraction or is that edge of the jungle cruise are we really tied to the edge of the property no it could go beyond that wow um as long as they got obviously past the train there's a service road back there there's a location where the circle d horses are it's a small area nothing remotely even close to as big as what was where galaxy's edge was but there is additional space um that they have where our main street vehicles kind of spend Mm -hmm. the night when they're Mm -hmm. not out but that all essentially could be moved to an additional place, but they could get up right on, right next to the Indiana Jones show building. Wow. So there's like another, I'm not sure what that would be in acres, but if you look at an overhead shot. So there is a play there. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't think that would ever happen. Though. No. I don't see them ever taking that out just because it is such a part of the history. Uh, as far as like fun facts go, the, there's only a few that, that I know. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites that most people don't realize is that there is the... Uh, Harper Golf window. Yes. Perfect. Facing his attraction. Across the, the, the thoroughfare there of Adventureland. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty interesting because, you know, obviously we're all familiar with the Hall of Fame of windows on yes. Main Street USA. But isn't that one of the more rare, like, fish out of water windows? Because you don't see those windows mm-hmm. sprinkled around many other spots in the park. Yeah, that's that's such an interesting thing. And I love you brought that up because people have always wondered about not only who gets a window, but where does it go? How do they choose the spot? And for them to very specifically put his facing the attraction, one of the, the attractions he's known for the most is impressive because they could have very easily put it on Main Street, which sure. is Hopper Goff was part of the initial design phase for Main Street USA where it's modeled after where he grew up Fort Collins. So he could have easily fit there. He even goes past Disneyland because a lot of like the the city hall, Mm -hmm. that's a sketch that he did for the Mickey Mouse Park that was obviously not built up in Burbank. So like Harper's like, Oh, gee, and yeah. met Walt when Walt outbid him on a train. <laughs> yes. And Walt's like, well, you, you seem like a fellow maniac. What are you yeah. up to? And then, fellow like, maniacs, that's right. Hey, when, when we get back to the States, I'll look you up and maybe get you a job. I'm sure Harper's like, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, I always love these stories about, like, they make it cute about Walt. Like, oh, and you know. Meeting he, somebody. And, and he, he beat him out on the bid on a train. I'm sure Harper walked back to his car talking to his wife like, that guy thinks I'm going to go work for him. It's like I just met some random guy who's like, come work for me. I'm like, dude, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> or when people are like, you know, Walt used to go up and talk to old man Knotts all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Knotts' assistant was like, 
uh, Mr. Disney's here, and he's like, "Tell him I'm busy, Tell man. Him I, I can't do that again." He took up like four <laughs> hours of my day yesterday. <laughs> he shows up. He yeah. never buys anything. He's gonna build a park down the street. Would probably be bigger than mine. Like, tell him. Oh, he's already at the. Hey, what? What's up? <laughs> hey, how's it what's, going? What, do, what? What can I do for you today? <laughs> what can I explain to you today? How the boys and berries made? What do you need, bud? <laughs> like, I just love these stories where they, they make him sound like this lovable guy. But when you're like, you know, an adult with a business, you're like. Uh-huh. <laughs> People were probably so annoyed by him. It's like, it's like, dude, I have, I'm, we're done. Like, you got, you can't keep coming back here. Like, the person that's like, just kind of constantly coming through is like, hey, um, the kid that's like trying to get a job somewhere that's yeah, showing up yeah. every single day. Yeah, and he's like, I know this guy is is taking the stuff I'm saying, and he's gonna do something with it. Yeah, I'm you feeling. think at one point, Nats was probably just like, oh man, Nats was like, uh, hey man. If you want to hire me as a consultant, yeah, you can do it. Do that. But our conversations here are done. Yeah, we're, we're finished here. Because <laughs> I saw, I see all that dirt getting moved down the down the way in Anaheim. Like, yeah, we're I, done here. I heard somebody's farm just got bought not too far from here. And I, I kind of, I'm putting two and two together. I know what you're up to, bud. But yeah, his window is is special because there's not a there's not a lot like that, but it fits perfectly when you think about that. And I love to show that because in theory, it'd be fun if we had little tributes to a lot of the individuals who had windows because Fess Parker for being Davy Crockett, his is on the opposite side of, um, uh, Harper's, uh, facing, uh, you know, like big thunder and Rancho does, uh, So that's a great, you know, window for that area. So I love that. And I like to point that out that of course it would be facing one of the things he's most known for. It's also interesting that it says tattooing, which, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure Harper didn't have any tattoos. <laughs> no, I doubt it. it. Looked like he might have, though. Yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised. Like he seemed like a sort of a wild individual. So I know that that is there. And uh, next time you're walking, it's right between like the there's two different ways you can go into the bazaar, right? Mm-hmm. Or there's where you can go in to eat, and then there's the bazaar, yeah. and it's flanked in the middle. There's probably like five or six stairs, mm-hmm. and you're welcome to go up to the top of the stairs. Obviously, yeah. the railing is always locked, mm-hmm. but you can go up to the top of the stairs. Just watch out for the desert thief. Oh my God! See now you're gonna bring that up right now. And, oh, kind of. I wish they would do that again. Maybe with this new indie coming out, they'll bring that back. If you don't know what we're talking about, Indiana Jones when the fourth film of the much maligned fourth Indiana Jones film came out. Uh, yeah, they had an amazing like show thing where they had indie battling uh, people above the roofs of. Uh, Adventureland. It was like a thing that just kind of popped up. I can't even recall if they even put it in the show guide because they want it to be a spur of the moment, very similar to Avengers Canvas, where you just. That's what I was going to say. That moment happened. That's where that idea, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that has lived in the park before and eventually got phased out. They cannot do that with Avengers Campus, yeah. but whenever I go up there and I look over and I see that patio and I, I see how big that patio is to mm-hmm. the right of the Harper window, I'm like. Yeah, man, that's yeah. awesome that Indy used to fight the the desert thief. And mm-hmm. maybe to go with political times, they could make him the dessert thief <laughs> and just put another S in there. And just, just like, you come back with my Dole Whip. Taking all the Dole Whips. <laughs> He's stealing from Chocobo Hideaway. You know, like Disneyland's very own Hamburglar. <laughs> the dessert thief. Just have the dessert thief just pilfering... Uh, uh, Dole whips and bow buns. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> come back here with my jungle cruise boat that was adjacent to my dessert. <laughs> have you gotten one of those? Or have you been over there since then? I have seen a couple of people that have purchased it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I am a real, I don't collect stuff. Yeah, I know. You're not I, a collector. I, I don't know where to put things. Yeah, that's it every time. What am I going to do with yeah, this? Yeah, what thing? do I do with it? it but, I feel good holding it in yes. here in Disneyland. But then when I get home, it's the moment when I get home and Beth goes, So what are you going to do with that? <laughs> I think that that's the first thing. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like defeated. Like, look what I got. What so, are you oh, going to nice. do with that, dummy? Where's that going to go? Oh. 
And then I do the little sad Charlie Brown walk out to the trash can and just throw it in there. See, now I'm curious about what you come home with when you go to Walt Disney World, if anything. He's like, you got to come oh, home with something. Oh, I already something. know. One of those in- invisible dogs. <laughs> you got to walk that in? Like you don't have your your, your actual dogs That's or awesome of, dogs at home? One of my very few memories of going there as a child was mm-hmm. people walking by with the invisible dog leash mm-hmm. and being like, I don't get it. Where's yeah. the dog? <laughs> like, what's going <laughs> on here? Tell me about People in Florida are weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I'm a sucker for attraction-based yes. merchandise. merchandise. It, specifically... Anything that has to do with the show building or the ride vehicle. Yeah, I remember you loved you loved when they did the Funkos like yeah. that, where it was like Peter Pan sitting in the the boat or Walt with the castle like yeah, that. Yeah, and I have a Walt with the castle mm-hmm. that's still in its brown box <laughs> that it gets shipped in. I've never <laughs> opened it up and looked at it. I just know that I own it, and that brings me some sort of joy. Yeah. You sleep a little easier at night knowing that you've got you see it. See that brown box already- inside there. There's a man in his dream. There's a man in his dream in that box. I'm not sure if I'll ever see it again, but I know it's in there. But I know it's in there. Well, because when I open it up, I know that I'll get, now what are you going to do with it, dummy? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I think that that's a really very, very cool uh, thing that they made. And in fact, mm-hmm. when I was waiting for the cavalcade on the 66, mm-hmm. uh, a woman had bought one and she was eating her dessert and she just like set it up next to the garbage can. And I just walked up and I just grabbed him like, you don't mind if I look at this, do you? And I, like after I walked away, I'm like, I was incredibly rude to that guest. Like I was like, you don't mind if I look at this? And I already had it in my hand and I was like looking at it. That's what, that's what my daughter does too. So I love that you said We're like, on the same. There's just a slight age difference. Like, Dad, can I do this? And she's already doing it. <laughs> already Why did you even ask? (laughs) Another little interesting fun fact that I know about the Jungle Cruise that I don't ever hear repeated, so maybe I don't know, but I watched that old archival footage of where Tony Baxter is looking at that stop animation of them building the parks. Yeah, yeah. And and, and Tony's going on and on about the Jungle Cruise and everything, and he drops in there. It's the only place I've ever heard anybody, but he said that the two islands that you go around... Mm -hmm. One is named Manhattan, mm-hmm. and one is named Catalina. And when I tell that story, the little part that I add to it, which I don't think is you know a little creative license there, mm-hmm. if you think about it, Manhattan is the biggest island in America on the east. Yeah. Catalina is the biggest one in the west. So I think naming the islands that represents east meets west, which is kind of the idea of the attraction itself. Yeah, that is fun. And that, I think that is only mentioned in that, too, because I've never heard. That's not. That's a, You're right that that is one that is very, like, very rarely heard and not like in the normal like oh here's some fun things you can know about Pepper's Ghost oh my god yeah (laughs) have you ever heard of Pepper's Ghost yeah that's how they make the backs out of water (laughs) yeah all mirrors yeah it's not really there it will cut your hand off special sound effects you know (laughs) it's not actually there but so do you is that canon that uh, from him because I've heard that only from uh, a few other skippers, but I think because the fact is not like what they were considered like a really fun one, I think that's why it's kind of like been pushed to the back of all the things they could possibly say about, oh, they, everyone always brings up uh, Bill Evans and his work on the landscaping and Harper Goff with you know driving the station Dude, wagon through. That rambler going <laughs> that through rambler. is just priceless, just man. Awesome. And he already looks like a character anyway. Yeah. So just him grinning and mm-hmm. walking around with his measuring stick. Yep. So good. Because those are the fun ones that get said all the time. Yeah. You know, or uh, I feel like everyone at the time I talk about the 
the Dominguez palm, that one always surprises people. Are they like that one where, you know, the palm tree that existed on the land prior that was owned by the Dominguez family? It's and they been kept moved it. a couple of times. Uh-huh. Which yeah. is wild. And there's have peop- there have been people that have told me that there were two palm trees, but I've never been able to confirm that. I had I had heard two, and I've never been able to confirm it either, that there was two palm trees that flanked each side of the Dominguez family's driveway. Mm-hmm. Almost like when they came home, there's one on the left and right, and that yeah. sort of symbolized that they're pulling into their estate. Um, and for a long time, I would tell people there's two of them in there, but when you look, there's only one big yeah. mega palm tree. And man... I feel like every year that thing gets harder and harder to spot yeah. just because that the growth that growth is so fantastic. Hello, fellow citizen of Disneyland. I want to thank you for showing up and listening to today's episode of Disneyland for Designers. This is episode 72, and there are so many other YouTube videos for you to discover over at youtube.com slash adventures in design. And I just want to take a second to let you know that all of that content is made possible by my members over at club1313.com. Not only are they rewarded with exclusive live streams and 30 more minutes in today's podcast, but we have a private Discord server, which is the perfect place to become a part of a Disneyland community so that you always have a place to go whenever you feel like talking about Disneyland. And trust me, friend, no one is ever going to roll their eyes because they are excited to talk about it just like you are. Where other creators have focused on Patreon to support the content, I have gone a different direction and I'm trying to build a community of people that celebrate the ideology, the dreamfulness of Disneyland, just like I do. And we would love to have you become a member today. Visit us at club1313.com. Now let's get back to episode 72, The Jungle Cruise with VIP tour guide Philander Butler made possible by the members of Club 1313. Thank you. Let me ask you this. What do you think about Jungle Cruise 2021? What do you think about all of the different additions that have been put in there? I I enjoyed it a lot. I've done it a few times now, and I appreciate that the, the stuff that is in there... I, I've heard people criticize the fact that all the additions are... are <laughs> are chimpanzees mm-hmm. or it's all monkeys like mm-hmm. oh they just put a bunch more monkeys in. and these are people of course that are hard to please but um i like the new additions i think they're really fun um they come from a place that you can see they were inspired by mark davis which if you're gonna put more jungle cruise stuff in there i mean please make it centered around the person who added and kind of made it the way it is now so i love that the little vignettes add to a whole larger story because you see the trap safari that has the new characters on it then you see the back half of their boat, which was struck by the hippos. Then you see the front half of the boat, which has all of the the primates on it. And then you see the uh, Dr. Khan, who's one of the people that's on the, the trap safari on the pole. You see his butterflies because he's a, uh, what is it, empty... Empatologist? Butterfly guy. Butterfly guy. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you see them. So I like that now they're all tied together in a fun way where, oh, there's their boat and they washed up on shore and a rhino was there and they ran up and I love that feeling. Uh, I also like the all the debris that's floating yes, in the water. That's good too. You know, has the art supplies on it, mm-hmm. the scientist stuff. I mean, it kind of gives it a little Gilligan's Island type vibe yeah. that everybody was somebody specific on the boat. Mm-hmm. And they call out uh, Skipper Felix, who's the the skipper at the bottom because it was supposed to be his that's his very first time going out and mm. he gets his boat sunk i wish they would have did it the other way where it's like uh you know the 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 policeman who's like the 
takes a bullet on his, you know, like I've been doing this job 25 years. Well, the Danny Glover from the Weapon doesn't make it home on his last day. Yes. Like the skipper was one cruise away from retiring. Yeah. He's on. This is his last day. He's in the bottom of the river. <laughs> and I love the additions for, as you know, I'm my uh, my Society of Explorers and uh, Adventurers junkie nature. Mm-hmm. I love those little subtle adds to it because. For so long, Disneyland has been the one park that hasn't really played ball. Which is kind of wild. Yeah, which is wild. You would assume that we would have been mixed in there somewhere. Because it's the that. park that's deepest in history true. and fun facts. And, true. and kind of where that idea of like, let's always embed the past and the new things mm-hmm. started. So it's very weird that they haven't participated in that. Yeah. And I love that it's just subtle enough to where it's in, it's fun for a guest that has no idea of the existence of that you know, hidden uh, group of individuals, but it is like the gift that keeps on giving. Kind of like when it's someone like you who knows the history of the park so well that when you do find a little nod, it's just you making yourself love Disneyland even more because 100%. you're well aware of it as opposed to Disneyland on a surface level is so much fun as it is. Yeah. Like it sh- that. It shows the TLC that's been put into mm-hmm. things and that, you know, they've thought about your 100th visit. Yeah. So that you can still go there and be like, wow, today's adventure was different than the 99 before it I'll do another hundred yep just based on that <laughs> and you and I will be the ones that will take someone who loves Disneyland as is and make them appreciate it even deeper sure than they thought they did because now you're pointing out how much love and care has been put into the tiniest crack or a light bulb <laughs> okay <laughs> A very famous white and red light mm-hmm, bulb that mm-hmm. now when you see the kind of effort that's put in, been put in, now you start to look at everything that way. So I love kind of cracking that egg open for people and saying like, oh, wow, you know, in the queue you saw, you know, Dr. Khan and uh, and Rosa the painter. And now look in the, in the inside the, the actual attraction. You can see her painting supplies and Dr. Khan's butterflies, like pointing out those little things. So I like I said, I love I love that you mentioned earlier about the queue is always so wonky yeah. where you don't know like cause certain things you just end up passing altogether in there or if they don't have the top part running you're missing out on some of the stuff on the top level well it's like Indy's queue is a treasure trove yes and you can go through it at, normally at a pace where you can enjoy it because it's such a long haul and the the attraction is now kind of settled in mm-hmm. that you know you normally don't have somebody barking at your heels and you can kind of stop and check something yeah. out then you got to move on but that Jungle Cruise queue, either you're going through it so fast to get to the boat, yeah, super or efficient. you're just moving at a pace where it's hard to get to really enjoy anything. There's a couple of new maps that are mm-hmm. you know, placed to the wall, and the only time I really got to see the props was at night when everybody was trying to get in fireworks spots yeah. and then it was just kind of too hard to enjoy anything because you kind of did you pace yourself through it because there was like not a big queue was that kind of like that I or? tried to but it was just so dark and oh yeah yeah I also wanted to get my nighttime rip in <laughs> so that I could go get into a fireworks position as well so I was trying to manage a lot in there um, I was disappointed with it at night mm-hmm. uh, that it still is really dependent on the boat's light the boat light yeah and on your skipper and you know I wrote it three times to, to document it mm-hmm. and my middle time I don't know what a hurry our skipper was in but just like gunned it through so many big scenes <laughs> I have a friend who went that also commented on that as well where there was like <laughs> she said it was like Fast and Furious uh, <laughs> because I filmed it three mm-hmm. times Three minutes shorter than the other two. Oh, wow. I mean, really, like, just, hey, there's, 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 there's uh, I hope you get the point of the rhino. <laughs> the door, they're wearing their suits. It's funny because they bring that up in the behind the attraction where Walt wrote it. Yeah. And the skipper, like, gunned, and he's like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> like they need to slow down. 
they also said something interesting in that um, feature or that little documentary thing on Disney Plus where they said that the cap gun mm-hmm. is used to notify mm-hmm. the skippers on timing. And then they never told it, like, yeah. it's used for timing. Timing what? Like, when I hear the cap, does that mean that I need to be on my way to the waterfall? Like, they didn't, they gave that little, like, drop and my ears perked up because that's one I never heard before but then it never gave us the payoff on that fun fact yeah that cap is used because you can hear it you can hear it all throughout the jungle you can hear it at the front and that lets skippers know or the the teams know where the actual boats are in the attraction because otherwise like if there are cameras out there I mean there's not that many of them yeah because obviously it's cameras sitting outside because it's it's not an indoor attraction um, but they also use it for different purposes, like if they, because I believe, I had to double check with my friend, but if they fire it more than the twice, that also signals, in, like there may be an issue with that boat as mm. well. So it's like a, you hear always say that, kah, kah. And if they did it any more than that, that alerts. When did they shoot up the flare? It's <laughs> <laughs> all fireworks during the Uh-oh. day. <laughs> the boat stopped. Ricky's got his boat stuck on the backside <laughs> again. Ricky just hit the backside of water. <laughs> I like the new design changes a lot yeah for many reasons i love that it finally gives it like a complete story mm-hmm. i like that it's it's fun and whimsical i like that it's non-offensive that that should <laughs> unless we really get into a planet of the ape situation yeah. that should age very very nicely <laughs> over time like i just like it a lot and i think most disney fans who have their hearts in the right places agree that it's yeah. a, a definite move in the right direction it's changed so much this was like it's 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 changed so much i had a question for you i actually about the change do you mm-hmm. prefer the old boats with the brightly colored because oh. uh my wife and i were talking about or do you prefer the indie themed boats now because when indie came they changed Jungle right. cruise to match it right but do you prefer the brightly colored ones top ones or do you like it now it is now? i i love seeing the red and white canopies mm-hmm. on the old footage but I think that I like the grittier, like yeah. more realistic boat for for this time period. Just like when you see old footage of of uh, medieval or Renaissance fair Fantasyland, yeah. mm-hmm. like it looks cool because it's like you know because of the way that all the film and the photography has like sort of tainted over the years. Yes, it's very much that time period. Mm-hmm. But I love Fantasyland nineteen eighty three, and I would yeah. never change it. Same with Tomorrowland when it had all of those mid century modern flourishes in there and had mm-hmm. a way different color palette than navy blue and gold. <laughs> but no, I, I I I like the boat now. I think that for my money. An attraction that, admittedly, that I don't love. Yeah, I I celebrate it for its history, and I celebrate it for what it means to the Disneyland story. Yeah, I think this is the best version of it. Um, I think that he did a really good job of not going too overboard. Yeah, I just I still would love for it to get back uh-huh. to the non cringe <laughs> roots. So, are there? Because I know you do not like the jokes. Are there no. any that you do like? I mean, I have to say of this. The, of the of the the menu that they are allowed to pull from, are there any that are like, that's pretty good? There are a couple of the ones where you got to think about. Yeah. I like those better than just like the pun on the, the visual in front of you because it. it actually is kind of humorous. I will say this, though. Um, it does seem like the jokes have been brought down a notch mm, because okay. they are kind of telling a little bit of a story, story in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And that I appreciate, but I still... Pray, I pray, <laughs> so pray for a jingle cruise where the desert is just decked out with holiday lights, and mm-hmm. I just get to float through there to. 
Look at that wood. Just that old broken speaker AM transmitter. You know, like just mm-hmm. that sound would be awesome. And I, I do love that the original roots of the attraction was my vision for it. And I didn't know that when mm-hmm. I said, man, I just wish it was more like fact based yeah. and, and kind of like going into one of the old documentaries, which, by the way, Walt Disney holds a record for uh, having um, uh, Oscars. Yeah. And most of those Oscars came from True Life Adventures. True Life Adventures. Uh-huh. So that attraction it symbolizes one of the most successful branches of storytelling through the Walt Disney Corporation. Um, but I, I wish it was that way. It is what it is, and that kind of tarnishes it a little bit for me. But at <laughs> least now I only have to cringe at jokes and not jokes and racism. <laughs> I'll only give you, I'll only give you one cringe per attraction. It's like, I don't have to pick between the two. <laughs> like, now where I put my eyes. <laughs> the, yeah, the new characters are fun. I I love that there are now people that don't have to, because I've, I've been on those bulls before, and people have been like, oh, you know, yeah. and it, it's not everyone, of course, but like you've said before, even if it's one person, that's like, oh, that's, that's rough. Yeah, it's know? just unfair. It's unfair to somebody's yeah. moment at Disneyland that, to feel like, that they've been depicted away and you know I get this same BS argument over and over again mm-hmm. but you know that's what tribes I'm like no 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 no, 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 no. no. Yeah. those you, aren't you, historically correct no. yeah. tribes Trader Sam wasn't a historically correct character no. like all of this gets it to where it needs to be so everybody can go to Disneyland and have a good time yeah and as they cycle through that's just called progress and I'm all about progress yeah. and how could you not be it just keeps changing like and that's fine you know and you want to change like, want it to change as a person as a society as your favorite theme park mm-hmm. you want to say we are capable of doing better and newsflash if Walt was still alive he'd already be dead so don't give <laughs> so don't give me that argument and he would have wanted to change you make adjustments yeah. like you hear about him realizing that people had stopped caring about the nature or informative based version of it so he changed it like an idiot <laughs> like a big idiot <laughs> he's like go on Walt you, somebody's you. like that was it Bricky I'll give you a pass on everything else but call him the man how that. dare you but you know speaking of change and, and, and Walt's mindset of wanting to be progressive they had already ripped open the earth they had concrete mm-hmm. poured on pirates. Yep. And once he saw what they were capable of doing out in New York in 64, yep. he called back and said, stop that project. Change it. <laughs> we can do better. Mm-hmm. And if the man wasn't progressive, pirates would be a walkthrough. Yep. And it would not have made it as far as it has. We because, might have lost it by yeah. now at this point. And, and nobody would have, that would have not matured the way that the ride did as the boat ride with all the animatronics. So I think that this is a... Uh, a, a vast improvement and it's just weird it's like such a big footprint this attraction yeah but it just doesn't have sort of the emotional depth Mm-mm. as some of the other things in the park does yeah like you you find a few people that are really like big fans of jungle cruise but when it comes up as far as like favorite tr- classic attractions it's never really mentioned anybody's like top five you think of your top five like and I'm, I'm talking, when I mean classic, I mean like anything that's like God. What would you say is what would you say is classic as far as years or iconic? Like when does something become an iconic piece mm. or what year? Because I would say Space Mountain would be included. That's 1977. Uh, would you put Star Tours? That's 87. I mean, our, Star Tours is like super iconic. Yeah. To people uh, that are in their 30s and 40s mm-hmm. that were raised out here when it was the biggest thing to do. Yes. 
because for them it was like, dude, mom and dad like bought us tickets to go to Disneyland just to see this thing. See I mean, this, yeah. Some people waited 24 hours to ride yeah. that. So <laughs> for me, it's always been a hard thing to sort of digest because I don't think that it's aged as well because once again, Star Tours is technology based, yeah. which is the curse of Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jungle Cruise is nostalgia based, yeah. which is the benefit of the other lands. I mean, to me, the Mark Twain is one of the most emotional rides in the mm-hmm. park. Only made better by Galaxy's Edge expansion. Yeah, I don't think everybody shares that with me. Mm-mm. That they see it as like a waste of time. Or yeah. I'll ride it with people like I haven't been on this thing in five years. Yeah, and like, then when they, they see me get rid of that river. Then they see me trying to throw them off the top deck. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> the Casper is bricky. We told you, you got to stop putting people in the river. <laughs> you get one per season, and you're already at three. It's like, oh, watch the brickies to bring into some of the Mark Twain. Let's see what happens. I think, though, the the, the classic classics that is just sort of like una- unanimous across the board. Yeah. It, it goes into like Matterhorn. Mm-hmm. You know, Matterhorn, beloved by all. Uh, Space Mountain is in that same like rarefied group. I, like, I feel like the, the, the Tiki Room yeah. is one of those things that, that most people can celebrate, even though they maybe haven't been in there for a, yeah. a year or so, but they just understand its importance. Um, but I feel like Jungle Cruise sometimes can come up a little bit short on that list. Yeah, when you think of ask any, I, I truly believe that. Ask anybody their top five classic attractions, and Jungle Cruise will largely not be in there. Yeah. And I think people love its existence. They love that it's there. Like you said, it's a perfect thing where it's that thing where people, when we change something, Everyone comes out and gets mad because while they are definitely not, and I tell them we are making these adjustments based off of attendance and things like that. Like so, we fact factually have seen that people have stopped caring, right? But then you tell them it's leaving, and now oh, they all come it's out. A piece like, of oh my childhood. Just, you can't even you can't <laughs> take that away. Because also people are like oh, we're like oh, we miss Muppet Vision 3D. I'm like okay. Be real with me. How many times did you go in that theater? Yeah. When Muppet Vision was there, like, well, I, don't, I didn't do it every time. And you're like, well, <laughs> that's why it's not here anymore. Hey, friends. Thank you so much for listening to part one of today's episode, Disneyland for Designers, episode 72, with my good friend, Philander Butler. To hear the bonus content, you have to be a member of Club1313.com. Giving them an extra 30 minutes is one of the ways that I try to reward them for all of the support for making the podcast available for everyone who listens and all of the YouTube videos. Coming up this Friday, I will be doing an exclusive 1313 members only live stream from the Disneyland Resort. And coming up in October, we have a special date where we will be meeting up and congregating during Oogie Boogie's Bash. Always love when the gang gets together and we get to celebrate Disneyland as the community that we have become. And we'd love to have you become a member today at club1313.com where 30 more minutes of this conversation is waiting for you. Coming up next, we talk all about the new Behind the Attraction show over on Disney+. Plus. Our takes and our excitement about Oogie Boogie Bash and the Halloween season and holiday season returning to the Disneyland Resort after an absent year in 2020. And more inside jokes and good laughs than you could shake a Disneyland bubble wand at. Uh, this is part two, we like to just kind of hang out and cut loose. And there's so much fun in here for people that truly get Disneyland down to the most microscopic detail. What do you say we start the bonus content right now for members of club1313.com? It's time to go inside the clubhouse right now. If this is where we part ways, thank you so much for listening. You know when I set the 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 tram 
right? Uh-huh. Yep. Trampy, 116 laps. My friend Carrie Rutkin. Oh, Carrie. A couple of weeks later, we went and saw Mickey's Phil Her Magic because mm-hmm. it had just opened up. And after it was over, he looked over me and he goes, You know the record of the guy who's seen this the most times? Is? I go, No, what? He goes, One. <laughs> <laughs> I just think sometimes those things like Muppet Vision, like, there's not a real call to, yeah. to come back to those things. Mm-hmm. So things like Star Tours or the Jungle Cruise, where it is more of a ride with a story involved in it. Yeah. And I think that that helps out a lot. All right, let's do this. Let's hop over into uh, Club 1313 and talk oh, about some current events that are going on. clubs. No, thank you. <laughs> let's, uh, let's hop over and talk about some current events. I think one of the ones that's buzzing right now on everybody's mind is this new uh, Behind the Attraction. Yeah, Behind the Attraction, Disney Plus. I'm four episodes in, mm-hmm. and I, I definitely... I'm watching it because I love Disneyland and, and I'll consume anything about it. But I'm seeing that I, I definitely feel like it missed the mark a little bit on what I was expecting. Yes. And I think it really, to me, shows how perfect Imagineering story was. Yeah. There is a very strong emotional connection that comes with the things they're talking about, which is why I think a lot of us hoped, and I'm not knocking anyway, I am someone like you who will consume anything they make and I'm happy just straight up that they are releasing documented footage sure. some of that stuff is archival that they're finding that we've never seen before yeah. like i loved the beginning of the haunted mansion one where they had paul freeze talking before he starts the spiel for mansion like he's like oh okay i can try to i'll adjust my voice and sing it and i'll say have it you way. heard the full cuts of uh of, of that vocal session i've heard I'm going to say most of them, if not all of them, because I've had friends play it for me before. I'm not sure if I've got all of them, but hearing that is like, oh, that's so fascinating. Like, okay, we're going to, Paul, we're, we're going to have you try it, sing it this way. He's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll change my voice a little bit at the beginning. Welcome, fool. Like hearing Guy will do the most amazing read, uh-huh. and then you hear the engineer be like, you know, I feel like the pacing was a little bit off. Can yeah. you do it maybe a little more time? Maybe a little bit more there at the end. He's like, "Okay, no problem." And then he just like <laughs> jumps into "Welcome," and you're just like, "Wow!" Like, like he whoa. just turns it on and becomes that character. Yeah. So I will always love anything they release like that. But I do agree with you that the way that this was packaged is very unique, and I think you brought it up earlier. It's themed almost to like way the way YouTube is set up where. Yeah. This is like a big meal for like the average Disney fan. So like I think a lot of people could just consume this because they like the park.